0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Bastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I connect with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. I am joined today with Katie Bandy, psychotherapist turned woman's coach, specializing in anxiety, stress management, and helping women find sustainable ease. Katie, thank you so much for coming on From the Honeycomb. Hello, Katerina. I'm so happy to be here. And as we begin every episode, we like to take a moment to ground down and think of something that we are grateful for in the present moment. So what are you grateful for?
1: I love that. You know, I think today I've been especially grateful for being able to work from home with all the rain that we've been having and not having to commute in all of that rain. So I've just been very grateful for the ability to to work from home these days.
0: Now that's super, super special. And because you live up in Northern California in
1: Napa. Yeah, exactly. And you guys had snow too, didn't you? Oh, it has been the most wild winter. I've never seen a winter like this up here. <laughs>
0: Agreed. Like we've had probably the wettest, coldest winter and I've lived here kind of on and off since 2002. I went to yeah. Chicago for a few years and this has been the coldest winter.
1: Oh, and if you're used to Chicago too, you're like, wait, <laughs> this isn't California. Yeah, I know. I've been wearing my Chicago coats actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's how cold it's been.
0: But yeah, yeah. working from home, oh yeah. so grateful for those days. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, Katie, so let's talk about your business. When I found you on social media, I was so excited. And before we jumped on this call, I said, you know, where have you been? I wish I had found you sooner because you would have made the last few years for me so much
1: less stressful. Yeah. You know, I have been working in the field of mental health for about 15 years and it was in 2020 that I had this idea for my business. And just really feeling the pull and the need to have more mindfulness spread around the world. I know it could really help people and I am especially passionate about supporting women and creating more ease in their life. And so, yeah, I kind of branched out of the traditional mental health therapy world. I still do some of that part-time, but really my passion right now is moving into coaching work with high-achieving women.
0: And I love that you're also focusing on women because I think so much, even as we've seen in the last few years, I mean, women have taken on so many roles and the amount of stress, like my, I don't have children yet, but I know that just adds, you know, copious amounts of stress as well. And so I love that your focus is with women.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think women especially are being asked to do more and more things in their life, you know, whether it's being a mom, working full time, being a partner, maintaining their friendships, and it's a lot of pressure.
0: No, absolutely.
1: And one thing that is really
0: unique to your coaching I saw is you have an anxiety archetype. So can you share with us what that is?
1: Yes, totally. So, you know, throughout my work in mental health, anxiety really has been the number one thing that people come in for that that i've seen and really the truth is anxiety is something that's built into everyone's nervous system it's a really normal part of being a human being and anxiety is what keeps us alive i don't think we would actually want to live a life that has no anxiety because we would be putting ourselves into very dangerous situations right and So, you know, I think things like our mental and emotional health and our stress and our challenges, there's still a lot of taboo talking about those things. There's a lot of stigma around it. And so a big part of my mission is like normalizing these very human experiences and helping people come to understand them in a way where they don't seem so scary and they're not taken as like, a weakness or a character flaw or something that's very negative. So I had this idea of, you know, kind of creating these anxiety archetypes, which are Archetype is just a theme, right? There's Mm -hmm. archetypes in different stories, and it's kind of a way for us as humans to relate to identities. And I figured it would be kind of fun to create these four archetypes to help women understand how does anxiety show up for them? How does their relationship to stress show up for them? And then give them some ideas for how to work with that rather than how to fight with that. Mm -hmm. And what are those four archetypes? So, and I I should say first, this is not a diagnostic tool, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is like a fun way for us to think about our experience of anxiety, but I bucketed them into four different archetypes with the caretaker, the huntress, the resolver, and the survivor.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I took your quiz and I got survivor. Okay. (laughs) So, And it was really insightful to like read all about it. And I definitely resonated with so much of being a survivor.
1: Yeah, totally. And so as you probably read, that survivor archetype is the one that sort of pushes through, right? And like mind over matter. Sometimes we're like white knuckling our way (laughs) through life. And there may be a lot of that self-doubt internally that's still there. Like physical symptoms that can come up when we feel that anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think visualizing our anxiety as this archetype of, it's the survivor in me. It's the part of me that's trying to keep me safe, that's trying to help me get through and overcome obstacles. We can start to be a little more compassionate with the way we're relating to that anxiety because when we fight it and try to push it down or pretend like it's not there, that's actually when it sort of intensifies and gets even harder to work with.
0: No, absolutely. And I really saw that last year, my health has really declined. I was finishing my architecture exams. There's six national exams, The seventh for the state of California. They're kind of equivalent to the bar exam is how like each one. So it's an intense Mm. process. It's a lot. And it it is a lot. (laughs) And the one I was really struggling with, I think it took me almost five tries to pass. And that was within this last year. And I just noticed so much of the stress of the pressure I was putting on myself. I went to urgent care for the first time. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the stress my body took. So that's why I really, you know, that mind over matter. For me, I always think like, Short term pain over long term gain, Mm -hmm. which sometimes is a good motivator. But (laughs) as I learned this last year, it also can hinder other aspects of your life.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, it again, like we have this system built within our nervous system for anxiety, and it is meant for those like brief periods of time where we need to survive something or push through or overcome a hurdle. The problem comes, like you're describing, if it starts to become a chronic thing over time or we don't have a skill set to kind of manage it when it shows up. Mm-hmm. And I noticed when I took the archetype quiz, you
0: also had the solutions. So for Survivor, the solution was
1: definitely listening to your body more. Mm-hmm. I think Yep, exactly. And so, one of the other major practices I think I mentioned that I teach is mindfulness. And mindfulness practice is really about making that mind body connection. So, you know, typically, In the past, we'll go to a doctor for our physical health and we'll maybe go see another provider for mental or emotional well-being. But really, they're totally linked. Our brain is part of our body and it goes down into our nervous system. So when we have an emotional response like anxiety, we're going to feel it in our body. The stomach, queasy stomach, tight muscles, clenching, overheating, jitteriness, Mm -hmm. right? And that's all... The body kind of activating for some sort of action. So if we can start to really notice those physical experiences without judging them, understanding what they are, and kind of be like, okay, body, I know you're, you're trying to help me survive right now, but mm-hmm. let's let's relax a little, right? Then we can tend to that emotion and soothe it, right? Mm-hmm. And Do things like getting into our five senses, things like pleasant smells, tastes, soothing touch, taking deep breaths, and other tools that can help us actually switch that nervous system response.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's, and that's definitely a mindfulness. It is so true how our, our minds and our bodies are connected.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I think there's a lot more research coming out, you know, that's really highlighting how our physical health starts to decline if we're not taking care of our chronic stressors and stuff like that. You know, our immune system goes down, cardiovascular health is impacted. So the benefit of really taking care of our minds and our bodies is is so important.
0: Yeah. No, I don't want to make it all about my archetype. So
1: can we no, hear about the good. other three archetypes yeah. as well? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the caretaker archetype, I think, really embodies those of us who might focus a lot on others, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's maybe a lot of people pleasing. It can also come with self-criticism, but it's this sort of vigilance on, are the people around me happy? Are they taken care of? And so that can trigger this sort of anxiety response. And so, of course, if someone is experiencing this caretaker archetype, we want to work on things like filling up your own cup first. Right? We've got to tend to our own well being and our own needs before we can be of service to others or help anybody else, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Learning to accept ourselves the way we are so we don't feel the need to people please so much to make sure other people are happy with us. And of course, getting support when needed from others because sometimes the caretaker really struggles to ask for support or receive support.
0: No, that that really makes sense. I think I struggle a little bit with
1: that as well. I think we've all got a little sprinkle of all four. absolutely, absolutely. Totally. (laughs) And then we have the huntress. And so the huntress archetype is one that is very determined and maybe even restless and irritable at times because when we're on edge, that can sometimes turn into irritability. And the huntress archetype tends to have this tough mask or tough exterior that they show. And again, all of these have survival purposes for us, right? So we never want to judge our archetype as bad or wrong. And so some tips for the huntress is to look at what's causing the anxiety. Usually we're perceiving a threat. right A right. a threat to our maybe our job or our relationship or our safety or well-being and if we can identify what's the threat that's putting me into this huntress anxiety response we can kind of check the facts on that threat is this really dangerous am I over catastrophizing something or magnifying something um and so, doing a little bit of thought work there to check the thoughts that might be increasing that response. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: No, this is, yeah. <laughs> really They're all kind of just different facets or faces mm-hmm. that anxiety can sometimes show us.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah, it even seems like sometimes it's even situation based. Yes. I can definitely still see myself being more of the survivor, but mm-hmm. when I think about certain
1: situations, I can think of of Huntress coming yeah. up or caregiver. Yeah. And I think, you know, what develops our anxiety response is a combination of our biology, our own unique genetics, and also our unique social conditioning in terms mm-hmm. of what did our family demonstrate for us or the people who were closest around us how did they show how to manage anxiety or stress and then we we pick that up right mm-hmm. and then the last one is the resolver and the resolver has this very overactive mind right so again if we're perceiving a problem or a threat or a danger the mind just goes wild, trying to solve the problem, trying to predict the future. So there may be racing thoughts. And really the solution that I have here is again, that grounding, getting into the body, getting out of the mind and into the body, right? Right. Uh, Where, you know, getting into nature can really do this in a powerful way where we feel our feet on the ground and notice breeze on your skin, you know the vision of the trees, the colors and grounding our body using our five senses, staying in the present moment all are things that can help get us out of that overactive racing mind.
0: I think you've really honed on like every aspect of anxiety and given them such also such a beautiful title like from caregiver to huntress to survivor yes. and not having like a negative connotation cuz with yes. anxiety you automatically think it's going to be negative but yep. you kind of give it that positive spin of like mm. here's what you are here's some tools to deal with this
1: yes archetype yeah totally probably my number one thing is to always start by not judging your anxiety or your stress response and really normalizing it because we want to work with it, not work against it. And the goal is never to get to never experiencing some anxiety or stress because that's just not possible as long as we're living, right? Right. (laughs) But instead, when that shows up, how can I validate it and acknowledge it, see what it's trying to do for me, get curious about it, and then engage some tools to sort of tame it or work with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I love all this. And for anybody listening, I'll provide a link in the show notes for the archetype quiz that you can take as well. So you can find out your own archetype because it's definitely very informative. I learned more about my, my anxiety through it, for sure. Yay, I love that. <laughs> And one thing I also wanted to talk to you about was burnout, which I know a lot of us are also experiencing Mm -hmm. with just this kind of, you know, hustle culture. And I know you post about hustle culture a lot on your platforms. Mm -hmm. So
1: what are some of your kind of thoughts and tools for burnout? Yeah, totally. I think whenever we're looking to shift something, the first thing we have to do is really thoroughly understand it. And like what's going on with it. And I think a lot of people when they experience burnout or chronic stress, they kind of hand in hand, they immediately think there's something wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. I have a weakness or I'm not good enough at something. I can't hold up strong enough, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this like internalization that happens around it. And the first thing we have to do is to kind of bust that myth, right? Right. Certainly, we can learn some tools and learn to manage things better. And there are these external societal pressures that really kind of come down around all of us because we live in a human society, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're working in workplaces And there are these, you know, industrialist type of working conditions because we live in an industrialist capitalist society that's around producing and how much can you produce in the smallest amount of time. And, you know, these kinds of working patterns are really different to our natural human rhythm, Mm -hmm. right? And every workplace is different, but... That pressure can start to take its toll, right?
0: No, absolutely.
1: Have you ever experienced or noticed anything like that?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me paint
0: the last few years and then college, architecture school, feeling burnt out every semester. Yes. I remember my mom would say, like, you would come home at the end of every semester looking so wrecked. She's like, your face was like sunken in. She's like, after like a few nights of sleep, some food, some outdoors, you were fine. But, oh my gosh, absolutely. And when you talk about the societal pressures, so I turned 30 last year as well, which was another big... I have to get my exams done by the time I'm 30. Like, that was a huge goal of mine. And it's this, like, invisible timeline totally that you put yourself on. And that was – I have a recent episode I did about 31 lessons I've learned in my first 31 years – or the last year, I mean, and one of them was, like, letting go of timelines. Yes. Because – like, who am I competing? I'm yeah. not getting a grade. There's no one giving me a grade like,
1: hey, Katarina, A plus for getting this done on right. by this day. Like, right. it's just make believe. Totally. Yeah. And I think that you, what you're speaking to in terms of these expectations or timelines, I mean, you know, there you can see them in media, movies, mm. you know, music, like all the messaging that we're giving around what we're supposed to do in our life at what time and, You know, that could go into all other ways. What are you supposed to look like? You know, Mm -hmm. who are you supposed to be with? And all of these pressures that are so, they're very arbitrary. Like you said, we've got to kind of decondition and unhook from some of those rules that really are not rules.
0: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I just came to mind is also like family's expectations as well. Yes, yes. I have, uh, so most of my family is living in the Czech Republic and there, there's a lot of a culture to have, get married, have a kid. I'm the oldest female in my lineage, I guess, who's Mm -hmm. never had, who hasn't had their first kid yet um, Mm -hmm. because I've chosen the career. And that is a little different when we have conversations with certain family members, yep. and you know that gotten that comment about the ticking clock and all. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also not also society, but I feel like the pressure of family.
1: Totally, family and unique cultural differences. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all so so relevant, and so you know, understanding that these external factors can be pushing in on us and contributing to burnout is the first thing to at least stop judging and blaming yourself for it. Mm -hmm. And kind of understanding, okay, this is where this is coming from. And Mm -hmm. then we can kind of figure out what are my values? What is my timeline? You know, and get really clear on your own inner wisdom Mm -hmm. in those areas that can guide you and kind of get comfortable with Shaking off some of those expectations that you just can't make everyone happy, and and that's the bottom line, right? No, absolutely. And what if someone is struggling with
0: that? I know sometimes it's easier said than done. Yes, it is. Is there any sort of like tools in your magic st- toolbox that you? Have?
1: <laughs> well, you know, here's the here's the first thing that I would say, and then I'll give mm-hmm. some practical tools. Is that getting support? Right. Mm-hmm. When we're trying to figure this stuff out, I think another message we get from society, especially because we live in a very hyper individualistic society, mm-hmm. is that it's not okay to ask for help. You have to figure everything out on your own, and you must be lazy or weak or faulted in some way if you request help. Right. Mm-hmm. And that just is so against our communal nature as humans. We never would have survived on this planet unless we depended on each other. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, getting support around managing burnout can be really helpful. I think one of the hardest things that women experience here, because women are, are my main, is setting boundaries. Mm. Mm -hmm. saying no to things, right? Or just setting our personal limits around our time and our energy and our needs. That's really hard, especially for women to do, because that's another thing we're not really taught as women, you know, generically speaking, we're taught to focus on others and, you know, take care of others. So we're not really taught how do you set boundaries? How do you say no?
0: Hmm. No, boundaries are so important, and I, I think even coming back to the boundaries is sometimes letting go of certain friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice that too is my time has become so much more valuable. Like yes, especially as I, you know, as you work towards something, and I've noticed now as I've been working more towards my goals, is like my time is valuable. If you are running late, like there's a lot of sometimes yes. oh, that is like one of my pet peeves is like totally. Yeah. <laughs> So, but coming back to the boundaries is yeah, saying no and saying no is just, it's, I think the older you get, maybe it gets a little easier, but I know there's still so many of us that struggle to say no because Mm -hmm. of the expectations.
1: Um, Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that anxiety archetype comes up, right? When it's like, oh, I'm going to say no to this social event or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to say, I don't have time for this thing. Then the anxiety kicks in because the anxiety is like, well, wait, what are those people going to think about you or are you letting them down, right? And so we have all these fears that we have to kind of come to terms with as well so mm-hmm. that we can then just set our limits in the way that we need to.
0: No, oh, absolutely. And there's that FOMO too, like the fear of missing out, which totally. is huge, yes. especially on social media now.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I had a moment yesterday I've, so now this year I've dedicated every Sunday afternoon is my no housework, no chores, no work, no side hustle stuff, no podcast stuff, no Instagram work stuff. It's just me time and I can do whatever I want. Good. But I found Mm -hmm. myself scrolling on Instagram in the bathtub Mm -hmm. and then you see like, oh, you know, you know, achieve your goals this year and how are you doing your first quarter of this year? And I'm like, maybe I should go work on something. And I'm like, nope, my assignment right now is to rest. Yes. And that's a huge, huge, not enlightening thing I've learned, but like, it's a huge
1: thing. Yeah, the comparisons, you know, it's it's easy. I think it's natural for us as humans to compare ourselves with others of what are they doing versus what am I doing? Because again, we're social by nature. And this is where mindfulness practice again is like my core thing. So I always mention it, but mindfulness practice helps us let go of comparisons because they're a form of judgment. They're judging, oh, that way is better than this way, or that life is better than this life. And so comparisons are really not helpful. And they're actually kind of impossible because two people are so entirely unique, we can't even compare, right? So having those almost blinders on of where, okay, I can see this thing or I can see they're doing that. However, I'm in my lane. I know what I need. I know what I value and just really sticking with that.
0: No, absolutely. And it kind of goes back to what you talked about, you know, asking for help. Sometimes when we see someone doing really well, we don't know that they have a whole village behind them. Yes. Yes. Another thing is I, you know, (laughs) like, oh yeah, actually, you know, her mom helps with this and this, and then she has an assistant or, you know, all this stuff while you're like over here going, oh my gosh, it's just me. So yeah, so you'll see someone and you'll be like, wow, how are they achieving what they're achieving? And then you'll find out they have a whole village behind them that you didn't know about, that you didn't know that they had an assistant, that they had, you know, a housekeeper. And there's this one phrase that really bothers me is, you have as many hours in a day as Beyonce. And I don't, I cannot stand (laughs) that quote. No, (laughs) no. No, you do not. I mean, you do. (laughs) On a reality, yes, you both have the same, but you don't yeah. have the village that a she has. fleet of people. Yeah, a fleet. yeah, It's more like a mini country of people
1: right? who help her.
0: So there's totally. like that. I can't stand that quote.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's such an important perspective to keep in mind that recently I actually saw a business coach post something about how much money she'd made in the year and I was like, that's great. Amazing. I'm curious what kind of team you have because it sounded like it was just her doing it. But sure enough, she shared. She had a team of like four other people working with her. And I was like, okay, that yeah. that makes sense. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, that perspective and that it takes a village
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually save ourselves a lot of emotional energy when we can stay in our lane. Mm -hmm. Because when we are comparing or sort of glancing over, which of course we do sometimes, that's okay. It's an energy leak, right? Where we're spending time and energy going, oh, should I be doing that? Or look at them over there. When if we actually focus our energy right on our path and our journey, that's going to be much more effective at Channeling us forward,
0: mm-hmm. No, oh, that's so perfectly said, yeah, and it made me think too of of delegating work, which is something yeah. I've started to do as well, is yeah, what can I do but delegate certain works like with the podcast, podcast editing? I don't know how to do it. It's not one thing that I want to kind of do it. It's just uh-huh. not in my like skill set. So I delegated yeah. and I have an amazing editor who does a really great job, but it allows me to be, have more fun and creativity with The podcast.
1: Yes, your zone of genius. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's again that kind of limit setting in a different way where we say, okay, I'm going to put this for someone else to do. Or even sometimes, how can I leave this thing undone and be okay Mm -hmm. with that? And just acknowledge that sometimes I'm going to drop a ball or I'm not going to finish this thing. And find some peace around that so that you can have more of that emotional ease
0: mm-hmm and I think also the fear of being okay that you fail yes
1: yeah. yeah 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 I like and I don't like the word fail I'm one of those people that's like there's no such thing as failure mm-hmm. which of course we can mess things up and we can things can go wrong and the way we don't want them to go absolutely I think if we really hold that mindset of every fallback, every, you know, failure is something that we absolutely can learn from and grow from and then use that to just launch ourselves even more forward. It makes the sting of it <laughs> a little less painful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I like to just like say, make failure your bitch. Yeah, in a way. I love like, it.
0: yes. <laughs> like, you know, you control it, which is a huge, it's that going back to that mindset and like you were saying, the mind over matter, yeah. mind over body is training your mind because your mind is so powerful. And it goes back to exactly your message of mindfulness and honing in on that tool.
1: Yeah, totally. And that make failure your bitch. I love that. <laughs> it's it's also, I mean, mindfulness is based on the fact that everything is always changing and everything comes and goes and so if we can have this way of being where we just move from one moment to the next doing what we can and adapting and adjusting as we need to that's Mm -hmm. the sauce right there right Mm -hmm. no
0: absolutely (laughs) absolutely Can I just say this has been the most effortless podcast episode? Like, Yay. <laughs> I'm going to keep this part in because I just like yeah. so enjoyed listening to your message. And I'm just oh, like, good. I could just keep listening to you talking about because I just I resonate with so much of what you have to say. And I'm really glad that there is someone like you out there who is, you know, helping women, coaching women, especially in the time that we're in right now. With all of the burnout, with all of the juggling of multiple roles, as we kind of started the episode yeah. with. And your coaching program just, I mean, it sounds perfect. And I haven't come across anything like it yet. And it's, I see so much of that hustle culture of, well, I see more coaching on how to achieve
1: yeah. six figures,
0: seven figures, how to achieve this. But then here's you who has like this amazing message of what about achieving no anxiety, like not no anxiety. Yeah. We have to have anxiety, but how to reduce the anxiety and, you know, be able to achieve certain things without Mm -hmm.
1: those stresses and without the burnout. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I'll be the first to say that I struggle with these things too, right? And I've I've had my own journey with anxiety and burnout and and all of that and and mindfulness practice and the things I've learned in my career are what have helped me get through. And I'm just such a firm believer that if we want this world to be a more peaceful, a more balanced place, it means more women being in their ease and comfortable in their body and leading from that space of grounded empowerment. And so, yeah, (laughs) that's my thing. (laughs) Oh, I love your, I love your message. And do you at all work
0: with like cyclical, like with the working with your moon cycle at all?
1: You know, that is not something that I've specialized in. I've seen a lot of that out there, but I not that specifically. I think that in general, it's kind of, you know, helping people get into their bodies and definitely listen to the messages their bodies are giving them because our bodies are talking to us all the time. Mm -hmm. And so learning to know when your body needs rest, when it needs slowness, Or when you need to give it a little kick and kind of get it out and get it moving a little bit, right? (laughs) No, absolutely, yeah. No, there's the seasons, I think, of for women of
0: cycles, but then also the seasons we're going through right now. Totally. Which coming into spring too now, I can sense like, you know, we had those moments of like everybody's kind of building stuff. And my word for, I pick a word every year, and my word for 2023 is growth. I love it. And I really wanted to spend winter kind of harvesting planting seeds yeah yeah and I can sense that energy of spring and like I've been planting seeds the last few weeks that I know are really and it was without even trying it seemed like I kind of gave myself this word because the year before I I did surrender because the year before that was hustle yeah hustle is a bad word like (laughs) I regret ever using that word for my year because yeah. it made me then turn into surrender, which this year is growth. And growth is just I so much that. broader
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: less stressful
1: yeah. because I'm just like
0: with, go with the seasons and go with little – like I have my milestones, but they're not so set in stone.
1: Yes, I love that. I think that, you know, everything is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. And so tuning into those cycles and going with the ebb and the flow in a more kind of naturally grounded pace mm-hmm. is going to be much more successful if you want to use that term, but regenerative really is mm-hmm. what it is for your energy long term. There's a quote who I'm going to have to think about this for a second. I think it's a quote by Lao Tzu that says, Nature does not hurry, and yet... Hang on, let me look this up. This is yeah, <laughs> this think this be a good quote for us to have. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a quote by Lao Tzu. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's the opposite of hustle, right? <laughs> we can We can move consistently and methodically, but go with the ebb and flow of cycles and make that progress over time. Mm -hmm. We don't have to fry our circuits doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. It's that word you use in a lot of your like social media profile is the sustainable. Yes. It's because when you think about sustainable, we all think about the earth and everything, but coming back to our bodies, Mm -hmm. you've kind of wrapped it in, but we need to be sustainable. Yeah. And then it goes into burnout. So Yeah.
1: And it's all connected, right? Mm -hmm. The way we treat our bodies and what we're demanding of our bodies is the same way we're treating the planet and what we're demanding of the planet. So I think, you know, I believe everything is an inside job. And so if we can learn to be more regenerative and nurturing with ourselves, then that is, of course, going to ripple out.
0: No, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I am so happy I was able to find you because your message, is there anything you'd like to leave, you know, any, cause I do have a lot of women listeners. Yeah. Any message about, you know, if they are struggling right now or they're feeling that burnout, It you know, there's, you know, that thought of, oh my gosh, you know, now spring's coming summer, you know, all those first quarters
1: over hustle culture yeah. stresses. Yeah. You know, I would just say to commit to yourself and commit to learning more about how to take care of yourself through the stressors in life. It's a lifelong journey and it winds the curvy path, right? It's not always easy. But I think as long as we're on that journey of exploration and learning and it could start as simply as doing some little meditations, there's a bunch of free meditation apps headspace, calm, Mm -hmm. insight insight timer, timer, you know, just start a little practice for yourself doing 10 minutes of meditation, maybe two or three times a week, create space for yourself to just be with yourself, right? And invest into yourself, your time, your energy, because not doing that is not sustainable.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on from the Honeycomb podcast. This last like 40 minutes flew by. I can't even believe it. It's been so fun. (laughs) It has. I'll definitely have to have you come on again. And thank you so much for coming on again. I really, your message is just resonating with me so much.
1: Amazing. I've really appreciated being here. Good.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb. If you liked it, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast and be sure to check out the link in the show notes to sign up for my monthly newsletter where you will receive a spark of positive energy in your inbox. Thank you so much and see you next week.